welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Christmas Tyler Hymanson. That's right. By the sound of that theme song, we're here for the holidays. You didn't think we would, uh, you know, just skip over this uh, festive time uh, with a bunch of dog movies and not have a Christmas episode, right? <laughs> holiday episode yeah you know for a second i thought we might do that but no (laughs) no there there's a christmas beethoven movie don't you worry um but uh before we get too far eliz where can uh people reach out to us this week yeah uh send us your christmas greetings and any other emails to sequelrights at gmail.com or you can find us on social media on twitter instagram facebook and youtube at sequelrights and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars goes a long way. Helps other people find the podcast. Uh, if you've already rated us and just want to interact with us on social media or tweet out one of your favorite Christmas episodes, we have a few Christmas series in the book already. We got your jingle all the ways. We have some Home Alones to go back and revisit. Uh, the so Santa Claus with an E. Oh, the Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> if you want to be terrified by Martin Short's Jack Frost, then <laughs> go back and revisit those episodes. <laughs> Good. Good stuff. Uh, well, we are very excited to have a special guest with us this week. Um, my colleague from the music industry working, who works at uh, Warner Music, Brian Bonwell, is here. Thanks for being here, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, you know, uh, Beethoven, uh, you know, you- you heard I got the baby St. Bernard, so uh, that's right. <laughs> seems like a good fit. <laughs> this was such a this was I mean, th- this is like blowing my mind this week that that, out, uh, you know, out of all the days, you know, that I could have possibly found out that you had a St. Bernard. It happens to be when we're doing the <laughs> Beethoven series and it was such a random, you know, like I've got a kid at home and he was, you know, Brian, you were like uh, commiserating about how you also have like a crazy terror at your house <laughs> and i was just i couldn't believe that it was a saint bernard so we had to have you on so we could talk to you about what what is it like to have a saint bernard puppy and also like yeah why did you why did you uh choose to have a saint bernard well so my wife chose to have a saint bernard um <laughs> and uh it oddly enough if she as a kid she watched beethoven and Always Aww. loved the dog and always wanted one. So we just moved into um we just moved into a new house about three or four months ago and we have a big yard. So she went looking for one online and, and found a breeder and and uh we have Lola Bernice now. <laughs> eleven uh, eleven weeks old and twenty three pounds. That's awesome. So uh, she's she's a big girl. She she stopped by before we started recording and she was so cute. Adorable. Can't confirm. So does the cuteness outweigh <laughs> any uh, shenanigans that the dog <laughs> outweigh? Li- does it literally outweigh the puppy? Yeah. <laughs> For, oh, because she's very sweet to me all the time, but she, uh, she is a shoe thief. So uh, my son, she's, she's constantly stealing his shoes and he can never find them. And, He's always all upset, and I laugh. So, I mean, she's great entertainment <laughs> for me. I don't know about everybody else, but <laughs> she's uh, she's hilarious, and uh, she's super smart. I, I took her over to to my dad yesterday to hang out with his. Um, to hang. Shamu has this little gate that, that she's like five years old. She has not figured out 
how to get through the gate or anything like that. And Lolo just goes over and knocks it over, walks right through. <laughs> and my dad's my dad's a little disappointed in the intelligence of his dog right now. So, <laughs> but, yeah, that's amazing. Well, you know, yeah, uh, she held her own. They no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say they got to wrestling pretty good yesterday, and she held her own. So, um, she's she's uh, she's she's a. Uh, She's a tough one. She's she's a good girl though. <laughs> and and you said that she watched the movie with you. She did. She, well, she was in the room. <laughs> I, I saw I saw her looking away most of the time. I got to be honest. <laughs> so there was no recognition Smart. there Smart of like, wow, that wow, dog looks Beethoven. like me. Representation matters. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I just I just think the Tom Arnold of it all threw her off. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> same. Fair enough. Fair well, enough. yeah. Well, we will. <laughs> we will definitely get into that. I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I gotta imagine most of the people that get St. Bernards are because of Beethoven. I, I just love that. That's actually a thing that happens. And it's like <laughs> one in a hundred. Someone would be like, "Well, my grandfather was in an avalanche in the Swiss Alps and was saved by a St. Bernard." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's great to hear that uh, the genius of the St. Bernard uh, that we see in all these films is actually true. Sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, I would make sure that Bernice is present for all contract negotiations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh, that's that is great. I can't wait to hear, uh, you know, uh, if you have any other fun anecdotes while we talk about this movie here. But uh, I think we better get right into Beethoven's Christmas Adventure. Get ready, because Christmas is going to the dogs. Hey, good looking. How you doing? It's Beethoven in an all-new movie. Join this hilarious cast, including Kyle Massey. Where is your Christmas spirit? And Tom Arnold as the voice of Beethoven. You're kidding me, right? I think I like it. Beethoven's Christmas Adventure. Oh, boy. Own it on DVD today. You heard it straight from the horse's, I mean, dog's mouth. Woohoo! Oh, painful. No. So no. if you listen to the so past it finally episodes, happens. yeah. You <laughs> no. know we've been dreading this for the last uh six movies. We knew that he'd probably talk at some point. Did we well, like, did, I, did did we? I didn't I think you gone was back. To. No, yeah, we were just like, will it ever happen? We were like, no, it probably won't happen, <laughs> but we were joking about it. And like I don't even know if we, did we joke about I I feel like we must have been asking who would voice Beethoven? Who do we think it would be? And I feel like I almost said it would be somebody <laughs> terrible like Tom Arnold. <laughs> oh, I don't recall. God. But if listeners out there, if that's what we said, oh boy. Because yeah, Beethoven in this movie can't talk. The reason is Christmas magic. And his voice turns out Tom Arnold. I mean, I guess I'm heartened by the fact that it is a magical device that for now is limited to Christmas and the presence of these magical candy canes. Like he didn't just start being able to talk or we didn't just start hearing his inner monologue, like as a normal thing. Uh, But it still was not good. (laughs) Oh my God. I was hoping that it was going to be just for one scene, but no, it was the entire (laughs) film as well. The entire film. I did. I did do some digging on the writing uh, credits for this movie and the writing duo, uh, their brothers who wrote this movie. They have a bit of a track record. 
Uh, and so if you look at what they did leading up to this, there was no way Beethoven was not going to be talking in this movie. <laughs> they uh, made Gym Teacher the movie, uh, which is unimportant. But then the gym Dr. Doolittle, Million Dollar Mutts, two Scooby-Doo movies, and oh. then Beethoven's Christmas uh. Adventure. Yikes. Yeah. Yep. That'll do it. That'll do it. Like these Scooby-Doo movies or just Scooby-Doo movies? Uh, I believe they're TV, they're, they're TV movies ah. that are probably animated. Well, because okay. James Gunn was like writing on one of them. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, nope, Brian, they, are, they did... are live action. Uh, they're probably the DVD. Ver- oh, Brian Levant. There oh, you go. Oh, <laughs> Brian Levant directed uh, made for TV Scooby-Doo movies. Great. Got it. So, Brian, I was going to ask you what you thought of Beethoven's voice and if you have thought at all about what uh, Lola Bernice's voice would be. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, uh, well, first of all, I was wondering when I was watching it, I was like, is this Tom Arnold's high point of his career or his <laughs> low point of his career? I couldn't quite figure it out. Somehow both. You no, know, it's like. We're through yeah. the looking glass. I mean, it's. Re- <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, and she's Lola. Lola, I, I gotta say, she'd be somebody like kind, like I don't know, Rosie Perez. I'm thinking Rosie Perez. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I like that. I like Great that. casting. Uh, I <laughs> I don't know why. That's just what I. Think. <laughs> I love that the the there's one other dog in this movie that talks to you and his voice. You mean Benji? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and I was like, I feel like uh, you know, I feel like Mason maybe wouldn't want that dog if he could hear what his voice sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm gonna be doing this stuff over here. Man. Yeah, he was a lot cooler <laughs> before he could was talk. A girl, like the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I will say as we're as if we're trying to deduce where Tom, Tom Arnold was in his career here, uh, he was at the point where he was doing the rounds of the early 2010 USA t- television shows. He was oh. on episodes of Franklin and Bash and some other things at that time and has worked consistently every every year. Up until 2020, but nothing. I wow. Yeah, I was like, maybe it was a high point. He probably had to, didn't have to do that much and probably got a fairly decent <laughs> <Yeah>. paycheck. <laughs> you know, whatever. Another movie he's in. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, hey, you guys remember last week uh, when we were like wondering whether or not Santa was going to be real in this one? Well, guess mm. what? He's real and he's real <laughs> racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I was like, okay, so the movie opens with this like storybook, like here's the story of Santa with John Cleese reading exactly being narrated by John Cleese for some reason, (laughs) because like, I guess if you I mean, there's nowhere that says it's him until the end of the movie, unless you saw the trailer, I guess. But uh, yeah, so people wouldn't probably even recognize his voice, maybe. Um, And they're going through and talking about how Santa gives, uh, you know, the elves their roles in life. And he's like, he gave this elf the, um, you know, worker elf. And he did the same for the next 209. And then he's like, but there was one that was different. And then it's like, you know, (laughs) this storybook, like, I'm pretty sure that all those 209 elves are like white elves. And then this black elf comes up and he's like. No, you're going to the stables. Which you're like, a stable elf. What the fuck? <laughs> Not cool. Not cool, Santa. Yeah. 
I did. I was like, I can't believe this is the start of this is where we're starting. He's sending the the one black elf to the stables. Yeesh. Yeah, we also he doesn't find want to be a stable elf. Yeah, he's a minority also in that he's not a small elf. He explains that he's yes. been uh, fighting for not small elf rights or something. <laughs> That's right. That is a joke that they attempt at one point. Yeah. He gets uh so the the stable elves get to have the uh like a sack full of magic berries and uh some, you know, magic candy canes as well, right? That's what yeah. he gets. For different animals so you can talk to them. That's right. It was unclear to me, like the storybook opening, it implies that he made some sort of death robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And why has he made a toy that came to life and started wreaking havoc? But that does not explain to me why he's in Santa's sleigh with the bag. Well, doesn't he like fall over the edge because of the robot? <laughs> and then the, and then it spooks all the reindeer and then they fly off? Is that what happened? Something like that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember the robot. I just remember he, the berries fell, the reindeer ate them, and they flew away. Yeah. yeah okay. Because reindeers can't uh, resist a free meal or whatever he says. <laughs> also, you know, I, I mean, I'm happy we didn't have to deal with Chet. I, there was still a lot of farting in this movie, but. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll get to that. Brian, yeah. what's your question? <laughs> no, I was just wondering, like, that that excellent animation. I mean, how much do you think they spent on that? I was like. Oh, man. <laughs> good animation right there. Dude, what they I show? mean. Six, I mean, seven dollars. I mean, you get it's a good burrito. I, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> when they go, <laughs> when they go back to the storybook at the end, and they show the kid and his mom, I would be mortified if that was what I looked like in that animation. They look like monsters. <laughs> it's like it looks so bad. I don't know. I thought that was really funny too. You're right. Oh boy. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Lola could have probably done a better job with the animation. Awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, certainly. Uh, so after we get this intro, we're quickly reintroduced <laughs> to another one of our uh, frequent friends. Whenever we get to the later chapters of these animal movies, the good old ASPCA, <laughs> and they have hired uh, this lady to make their ad and. It is an ad that utilizes Beethoven and it is the most cheerful ad the ASPCA has ever had. Like they should actually hire the fictional marketing firm from this movie to make their ads because the fact that it wasn't Sarah McLaughlin and like <laughs> abused and bloody dogs. I was like, well, this is already the best ad they've ever done. Yeah. And it's fake. Feel good ad. I would love to talk about. This is the first time that really I feel like in a movie that we've been able to dig into the profession of making commercials, something that I know a little bit about. <laughs> That's right. And the insane it's it's one of the things where it's like it's completely ridiculous that the idea that her boss is like, you need to design and build a parade float <laughs> as the person who's written the copy, I presume, for this ASPCA commercial. But at the same time, 
boy, do I empathize with it at the moment. <laughs> Tyler, how often are you? De- is it demanded of you that you get win-win-wins? Not just yeah. a win-win, yeah. but a win-win-win. I mean, honestly, all the damn time. But you know what I don't have to do is have the actors that are going to be in the commercials stay with house. me over the weekend. Yeah. Who is? Why is this lady having the talent in her garage? Like, where is the dog trainer yeah, of what Beethoven? Happened, what happened to Eddie or whatever? What was his I mean, name? not that I wanted to see that guy from that other movie, but like, yeah. It is insane that it carries on from the other movie and that it, it also does, yeah. like we're now recycling the trope that Beethoven's going to stay with some other family like this week. But like he's like that other movie still happened. Like he's still totally with like he's still part of that family. All of that is still Maybe. in canon. But now he's yeah. just somewhere else for a week. Apparently he's so famous that he's instantly recognized by anyone he comes <laughs> across. No one's like, whoa, a dog. They're all like, oh, my God, Beethoven. Even if when he's like running through the town and random spots and people are like oh yeah look it's Beethoven That's but this, in this uh, reality there's only one St. Bernard on the planet apparently well, yeah I mean <laughs> you're only 11 weeks in Brian but I mean how long do you think it's going to take you to get sick of people walking up to you on the street and going oh Beethoven <laughs> with your dog <laughs> yeah I know it's coming I know it's coming we, uh, we haven't been able to really take her out yet. We're waiting for her last vaccine. And then, ah. yeah, I, I definitely uh, know what's coming. Though. Yeah, and, and, to, and to be clear, the first people that are going to do that to you are us. So, you know, and we're going to be like, oh, my God, Beethoven. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Everyone else is like forgotten about Beethoven. There's, I'm How kidding. dare you? There needs to be a nice hey, If she can make Beethoven money, I'll be happy. Oh, man. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to bring her onto a film set and have her fuck some shit up and then she'll get hired. <laughs> yeah. That's what we learned from the last oh, movie. Man. Was... So I only watched the first Beethoven and the Christmas one. When did <laughs> Beethoven become famous? The last, uh, the fifth movie. No, the sixth ah, movie. The sixth right. movie. Oh, we're on the seventh movie. This, My is, this oh, is Beethoven's Thank seventh. God. There's one left. <laughs> it was Beethoven's big break was immediately prior to his Christmas adventure. Yes. Oh. And, okay. and in that movie, it's a meta universe where he, they make the first Beethoven movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. That's that's how far oh, we're I that's how deep we're now. in. You know, it was no, funny. You do, no, you do not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know when I was first emailing you about this, Brian, uh, it was so funny that you were like, oh, uh, I only knew that, uh, you know, they only made like the first two movies. I didn't know there was a Christmas one. And I was and I didn't say anything, but I was like, you, you, I was like, come on, man. They made eight movies. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> it's not just like the first well, two in a Christmas thing. movie. <laughs> I, I thought it was. Well, I thought there was the first one and Beethoven's fifth because, I mean, that makes sense. Like, oh, they've called <laughs> yeah. the second one. I didn't know there was two, three, and four. <laughs> First and fifth, yeah, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. I mean, they should have probably done that. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, I thought they were playing off the music, you know. Right. Honestly, if that was the series, I would feel better about it. I think that's accurate. That's why they have to go to nine. They have to go to nine. <laughs> no, they do. <laughs> oh man, but. Uh, we're still on uh, the Christmas episode, so we yeah, we're still on the Christmas episode, and a boy's dad is dead. <laughs> yeah, <He> sure is. 
But uh, his mom refuses to acknowledge the fact until about 10 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> you know what? It's almost like she died, too. There, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I kind of honestly felt like the villain of the movie was the mom a lot of the time because she yeah. was just being like yep. <laughs> super unreasonable with the fact that her kid's dad died just a year ago and she was never like there's, maybe my son's acting weird because he's upset about his dead dad yeah and she was there's saying, there's an ahead. insane part of the movie where she's like it's always hardest around <laughs> the holidays huh and it's like <laughs> yeah. now it is <laughs> what, what do you mean, mean always the holiday where it's just the two of you yeah at most this is the second time that it's been yeah. the holidays <laughs> remember how the, dad- if he died this exact time last year then this is their second holiday but uh, you can't count the first one as it's always harder around that, the holidays. Maybe like, he was chronically sick on the holidays every year, and then he just died one year. <laughs> it's always hard, man. It's always hard. It's it's yeah, it's awful. She's <laughs> awful. It yeah, like and the son's not unreasonable or or anything else. It's just like he's like, well, he wants a mega station. My friends, yes. which that, we can all, which we can all agree upon. I mean, the, we all want the one. scene, the scene that made me like be so like, what about her? It was like when she came home and he had like, you know, the, uh, the Christmas elf, Henry, the Christmas elf was over at the house. And but you can never say elf. Apparently you always have to say, you Christmas, have to say elf. Christmas elf. Um, and uh, I feel like most people in that situation would be like, oh, you have a friend over. Cool. She's immediately like, who the hell is this guy? He's got to go right away. I don't know him. Get him out of here. I don't you, don't even give him yeah, time to explain. Like, oh, like, who's your friend who works at the mall? Like, yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> beloved child actor, Kyle Massey. Yeah, wow. Why, why would you great. immediately be like, he's got to go. I don't care what you're doing. You, what, you guys are eating pizza? Get out of here. And they do have to, s- to specify Christmas elf because we're not talking like a, a Legoless uh, elf here. You know, it's either Christmas elf or like pointy eared, you know, Link and Legoless and those guys. So, yeah, it's, every time. Uh, <laughs> Except I would point out as a counterpoint, the movie Elf. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, maybe Henry was also adopted by the elves. That's why he's a stable elf. Mm. Who knows? Could be. Um, but yeah, let's talk about these actors for a second because we're firmly in Canada now. The series has jumped <laughs> yep. to Canada, even though it's supposedly Minnesota. We're really in, I think they said, I think the credits said like Winnipeg, Win- Manitoba Winnipeg, yeah. or something. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so we're in the Canadian pool of Canadian actors. All the people um, from Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Supernatural. <laughs> a lot of Stargate people, Star Trek Voyager, you know, and, and most of all, uh, Degrassi, the next generation, which is where. <gasps> this kid Monroe Chambers who plays Mason is from and uh, he was in about the last couple seasons before I no longer paid attention to Degrassi and his character was the new kid that came to the school and was an emo goth kid that drove a hearse an actual hearse (laughs) and he was very dark and and sad and even though him and the nerdy girl liked each other she was scared of him because he was so dark and and uh, he didn't want to tell her that he killed his last girlfriend. And by that, I mean, he was like driving and they got into a car accident. And she died or whatever. Uh, but that was his big dark secret. And it went on from there. And eventually she became not innocent anymore. And it was a whole thing. And then I stopped watching. So but he's fine. He's fine in this movie. You know, um, I think 
his his and Kyle Massey's relationship with the dogs was actually a lot better than the relationship with the kids in the last couple movies. I don't know if it's because yeah. they're a little older, they're teens, they're very seasoned, they've been on shows for a long time. So I just thought their interactions with the dogs were a lot more natural and um and and like cute and stuff. Yeah, I will say that the direction of this movie, there was a lot of it almost seems like that the talking like they, they didn't finalize what Tom Arnold was was going to say. So it could just be like Tom Arnold wit riffs mm. because a lot of the reactions seem like that they don't match up to what what is being said. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then Henry the Elf is Kyle Massey, who is longtime Disney Channel everything. He's most known for being Raven Simone's little brother. And so those shows when Disney started going more into the um these physical comedy slapstick shows were not really my cup of tea, but those actors are very good at it. And so, yes, Kyle Massey is good at the, oh, I'm being dragged around by a dog, you know, like, and all that stuff. Um, and I sent Justin the pictures, which he'll post on our Instagram eventually, but I have a picture with Kyle Massey and his brother from the pre- premiere of High School Musical 3. Yes. <laughs> and I somehow snuck into at USC. Uh, that's a whole nother story, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And the mom is the mom from the, the sweet life, uh, shows. And, um, yeah. So you got a lot of like seasoned Canadian character actors. I think Kyle Massey is American, I like, but yeah, he's here. So. I liked that, uh, going back in Kyle Massey's, uh, uh, IMDb, you see he's involved in, uh, multiple dog projects. Ah. <laughs> he's in a movie. He he's in a movie called life is rough. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then he also has, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he also has a, uh, very prestigious, uh, spot in the, uh, every movie definitely needs a rap song playlist that Tyler and I have. For the film Underdog, he has a song mm. on there that's the underdog rap song. <laughs> um. And it's actually kind of fun, but uh, I thought that yeah. was really funny. So, um, yeah, these are talented, experienced kids. And so the, it's all fine, but it's more just the premise and the, like you said earlier, the Tom Arnold of it all that really. Yeah. Brings, and I mean, it's yeah. put together well, too. Like the cinematographer, uh, you know, is Ross Berryman, who did every episode of Angel, did Dollhouse, uh, did tons of TV, went on to do Nashville. It's like, this is like, did a lot of great stuff after this and before this. This was in there. <laughs> Yeah. And like some of the action is actually done competently. Yeah. And I, I actually like, uh, I actually had fun with Kyle Massey in this, this movie. Like I, I, I just was really enjoying his energy cause he's kind of like at a, a 10, like in every, <laughs> every scene he's in. Yeah. Like he spends most of the movie just going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but I just thought he was like, you know, giving it his all and just like a fun yeah. presence. It's the whole movie of judge Reinhold's boss. when he comes in to see the painting he's like okay i love it yeah he was fun he was fun uh yeah so they meet after what he falls in out of a tree the the uh, tree yeah the sleigh goes careening through the sky and only Mm -hmm. beethoven sees it even though there's a there's an elf screaming bloody murder no one sees it i'm pretty sure other people would have seen it in that moment but only beethoven sees right because the mom shows up her 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 son is just like chilling on a bench he's trying to sell Uh, hot chocolate he's selling Mm -hmm. he's selling hot chocolate failing somehow i don't know (laughs) to get to get to get the mega station 
And so she just kind of shows up directly from work, I guess, and just be like, hey, I have to watch this dog that's starring in my commercial. Now you do it. <laughs> I have to get back to the office, I guess. <laughs> Mommy don't want to. You do it. <laughs> Oh, God. Like, yeah, it's your problem now. Okay, bye. I'm very busy. I'm very busy. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, I also want to point out that Mason really, really likes Naruto. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Posters he has multiple room. posters. So funny. I guess Universal had some sort of deal with the Naruto people, uh, like with shows and the theme parks and stuff. So that's, I guess, why these posters are there. Oh. But it's it was not just, mentioned ever. I They're mean, just age there appropriate. That makes sense. On every wall. Yeah, it was yeah. great that like every every shot of the room you saw, there was another poster. Like, what? <laughs> Did someone from that show work on this? Yeah. So the do like. We haven't really even mentioned the premise, uh, other than that Henry was a stable elf. There's a premise. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Santa's magical bag, from which all toys can come out, similar to Mary Poppins or the Santa Claus Santa bag. Mm-hmm. Um, goes missing, and these two crooks find it, and they decide to use it to stock their overpriced toy store. Mm-hmm. Most wanted toys. Yes. And yeah, it appears that they have they're like a they have a wet bandits vibe, a wet yep. bandits energy mm-hmm. where their scam is that they're stealing from toy stores and then selling the merchandise inside their store in this very small town um, where apparently they've I, been doing all these different types of scams and no one has like caught on to it. Yeah. Well, the, the police guy. are really dumb in this town, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them kind of looks like Jake Busey, but <laughs> yeah, I thought I also thought it was going to be a Busey cameo from yeah. one, like when the cop walked up. Uh, yeah, boy, so did many things they, with this movie. Did they ever say why they stopped doing mattresses though? They went from mattresses to <laughs> No, but they did have a bit where they talked about how they did used to steal and sell mattresses, old mattresses specifically, that went on for about three minutes. Yeah, they had, there was yet another scene of someone filming a commercial. Where filming they, a commercial, yes. couldn't sing the jingle right. <laughs> Which Most wanted email mattresses. director on that commercial. So good for you, Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we mentioned the mom's boss wanting a win-win-win by getting uh everyone in the country to watch their small town Christmas parade because Beethoven was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first night she has to work late because she has to design the float like a <laughs> you know elementary school <laughs> diorama. Um, and then the next morning, all the other floats are built. Yeah. And then she also has to take another night she can't spend with her son because she has to write and distribute the press release, which if she, this is something she's doing on a regular basis, would at most could be done in maybe an hour. Like, yeah. She's yeah. Like, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll bump the reservation, you know, 30 minutes. Or I can do it afterwards. Yeah. After you go to bed, let's I mean, go to you dinner. You have to get the quote. And you have to, you know, but like sending it out on PR Newswire is literally a click and like (laughs) writing it. I mean, not like I'm some amazing publicist, but you could write a press release pretty fast. They're all the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they they literally are all the same. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I I do have to ask because the next morning we do get to see like the staging ground for this parade because it all happens super fast. It doesn't make any sense that she's designing it. 
It doesn't make any sense that she has to build a model to hand over to the builder. <laughs> like that does like a 3D diorama. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But the next day while they're building the model, all the other floats are just ready and people are standing around waiting for the parade to start as they're building it, which makes no sense. Yeah, that However, band was warming up for like five days. That well, That's what I was going to ask you. Let's get really into the particulars of this band fucking around and warming up that we see like shots over five days flag girl is just doing her flags everybody's wandering around i feel like that you were going to have a lot of thoughts about this sequence i mean it's some marching band in canada but they definitely didn't have like a real color guard or if they did some you know extras casting person didn't think that that was good enough so they definitely <laughs> like put out a call to the extras and says who has other carnival like talents and then some extra was like i can do the like i forgot what those are called the spinning things and somebody else was like yep. i i used to be in rhythmic gymnastics so i'll do the hula hoop and somebody was like i can do the ribbon and it's like none of these things are in color guard especially a parade and so i think that's what happened uh or that band had a really uh like a Pippin themed field show that year or something. And so the color guard was doing a bunch of carnival tricks. And so then they're like, put it in the movie. That looks cool. But yeah, it's it is always now like, canon that that marching band did Pippin. Yeah. It's like, it's always this thing when the marching band goes on set, the people are always like, okay, cool. So you can walk around and play music, but like, what else can you do? And then the marching band is kind of like, we can like, make this formation we can do this little <laughs> dance uh that girl over there can do like this is what happens always yep. like I, I i you know have been with multiple marching bands on set when the people are just like well like can you do anything else that looks cool and then this is what happens <laughs> you're like timmy can scat <laughs> yeah do it <laughs> okay Basically. but like what is going on with this parade because it's supposed to be a Christmas parade, and we cut back several times to people dressed. There's like a guy in a banana suit, and then someone dressed up as a hot dog. Truth. Yeah, <laughs> like what? This parade, when it actually finally happens, also happens at night <laughs> in <Yeah>. Minnesota. <laughs> there, there, there's a person a wearing the hot dog suit. Christmas parade. There's a person wearing the hot dog suit from I think it can leave, it should leave and like <laughs> dancing in the parade like whoa I'm a hot dog at the Christmas I'm the Christmas hot dog yeah I don't know it was very weird well as we know Beethoven cannot say no to hot dogs and that was there to tempt him <laughs> yeah keep him on the float there <laughs> oh boy um so uh, I mean Brian I gotta. I, I want to hear what, what went through your mind when you were watching this scene where we, I mean, for me, it unfolded like something out of horror film when you slowly, scene. when you no, no, well, okay. Yeah, oh. we, we'll get to that. But I, but, but I want to know what you thought of when you, like the slow, for me, it was like a slow realization of like, Oh no, the dog is about to talk <laughs> as they go through the motions of what's happening. How did you feel when he, I don't even remember what the words were, but when he spoke those first words, what did you, what went through your mind? Um, silence. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have words. I just, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's like and it's the worst possible it, it's like uh you know the i don't know if it was the quality of the dvd or whatever but his mouth looks blurry every time he moves it is not the quality of the dvd 
It's a really slip yeah, shot. Yeah, unbelievably effect. bad CGI. Yeah. It's a really bad, bad effect. CGI for sure. <laughs> I I was just like, you know, oh my god. He he does the whole thing with the he pulls out the the candy canes, he licks it and then they talk and I was just like, why? also they make this whole fucking thing about how mason can't lick the candy cane because elf rules and then there's just like a scene where beethoven forces the mom to lick a candy cane (laughs) just so that she can have a conversation because he's like i'll sort this out and he's just like yes i'm a dog who can talk and that is a real elf and she's just like okay i believe it like yeah i got it Uh uh-huh i'll help you immediately now I won't believe my son, but I believe the talking dog. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, Wait, and she's like, "What? You set my?" Like, there was a whole, there's a whole subplot with this diorama sitting in the garage that gets accidentally set on fire, and like the the lengths that she thinks, like the idea that him being friends with this elf is somehow trying to undermine her is the most insane <laughs> character motivation that I think that we've dealt with in sequel rights. She's like, Mason, I don't have time for your elaborate plan to hire a Christmas elf to pretend to be some sort of real elf. I have a Christmas float to design, and I don't care about your friend who lives at the mall. It's just like the, the mom, if she was that business obsessed, would just be like, I don't fucking care what you're doing. I have to like paper mache, paper mache some shit She right is now. the worst mom She's ever. The worst. That we've had in these movies, I think, so far. She's pretty mm. bad. She's pretty bad. She might be the worst parent in any movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. There's it's it's Christmas and what her about partner like, and her son's dad is dead. <laughs> precious <laughs> based like, on the novel. Like, ah, uh, how about how about we go have dinner? I know it's been really hard for you. How about we go to dinner? Uh, and she totally forgot about it. It's not like she was just like, ah, it's going to be really bad. She totally forgot about it. She have a worst parent ever. She didn't molest her son, okay? Like, come on. But has, that hasn't happened in a sequel him. rights movie. We haven't yet, yeah, exactly. Movie. Not in sequel rights, but. That's what I mean. That's what of, we were talking of about. All of the movies we're that we've about. talked about on the podcast. I think yeah. she might be the worst parent. All right, all right. Maybe. Worst mom ever. No, I don't mean in history. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah no <sighs> uh well let's let's get to this other uh extended talking dog sequence that brian Ugh. brian was talking about the the, the farting moment <laughs> um i don't know if uh <sighs> god <laughs> there's this part where uh beethoven goes on like a ted talk about uh gas production and burping and farting and then uh you know i i hate to do this guys but um what you gotta (laughs) what what is about to play here is uh uh, unedited uh from the actual (laughs) film here we go (laughs) very classy they told me yeah, well, I'm studying to be a doctor when the acting dries up. Not me. I'm going to be a canine gas expulsion expert. Can we please just get started? Sure thing, Elf. <laughs> uh, if you weren't timing that, it was a full 30 seconds of uh, fart, farting, <laughs> fart jokes. And fun fact, that last one is actually Rudy Giuliani. I- <laughs> <laughs> 
There's also a Four Seasons total landscaping joke in this movie. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, God, this was the this part. Where I was like, this is just so dumb. I can't. I can't with this. I get. I don't it. know it's, why it's they had to bring. Four All I know is when. Well, when that when that part came on, I looked at Lola and I said, "I know I'm gonna have to deal with the shedding, the drooling. I better not have to deal with the <laughs> farting." That's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh man, I don't Definitely know not what it level. is about these movies and then Christmas movies in particular. I don't remember if Jingle All the Way had a fart joke, but it must have. That that like it's always it is just a go to, and I I. It's so tacky. Like, I don't know why it's this enduring thing. I mean, I I love a good fart joke. I am not against a good fart joke. They can be funny. I have not seen that happen in any of the Beethoven movies. I hate Chet with a fiery vengeance. (laughs) Chet is the reindeer from the Santa Claus movies. That is the source of all the fart jokes there. And... (laughs) I cannot, I, it's, it's just, it makes me so angry. <laughs> Chet was the dumb one that was like, hey, I'm a reindeer. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Maybe also Tom Arnold, hard to tell. At some point, the other dog also makes a, that's what she said comment. I'm <laughs> yes. not even going to call it a joke because it makes no sense. Yeah, he's talking about like, yeah, there's just too much gas in the, in the stomach. And he's like, that's what she said. <laughs> that's and it's like what? The the dogs say lots of weird shit. Like you know, like like the you know Beethoven says that he's training to be a doctor, and there was a little bit of eggnog in the recording session there, and they just let they just <laughs> yeah. let Tommy Arnold riff. At one point, I think when Beethoven's farts, I think somebody says, "Oh wow, I can see they call you Beethoven for a reason," and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> mean uh, sure guy <laughs> bum, 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 fart yeah you know the, the beethoven's fifth music is actually uh curiously pretty much absent from this movie right uh, or did yeah. i miss it i, I don't remember Main it happening barely comes in yeah it only comes in at the end when yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> the most ridiculous oh, thing in the what? world happens I believe that this is the perfect time that we talk about some of the fine licensed music that appears in this film. Oh, God, it's like a pop punk <laughs> Christmas cover left and right. Although I think there's like something by Allie and AJ. Allie and AJ show up. Um, there is there is a I think uh, I don't know if it was I think Tyler, didn't you make a joke about dogs barking jingle bells or something? Yes. Yeah. And it <laughs> fucking happens. And, uh, yep. That uh, that is a thing. <laughs> and it's somehow you know what? I like a good dogs barking jingle bells, actually. Like, I'll listen to it. But this is a terrible rendition. <laughs> the song is called Doggies Jingling, performed by the Barkettes. Yeah, it's not it's not the one that like made it onto the charts a few years back. It's like a different one. It's like a few uh, years back, do you mean twenty or thirty? I mean like ten or fifteen years okay. back. Yeah. I think it makes the rounds. It's like Haley's comet. There's a yeah. dog's barking jingle bells that comes around. It says yeah. uh it says that that song is courtesy of fake baby moose music. Oh I don't know. Well, what, good. I don't we know should get them on the horn. <laughs> fake baby moose. Oh, uh, here, uh, the song, uh, <laughs> the marching band song is called Santa's Parade, performed by the APC marching band. Have you heard of? Uh, I have not. Hmm. It's, it's probably pro- some Canadian it's community college some or fake, something. Some fake thing, yeah. 
<laughs> said with such disdain. No, no. Canada has a few very good bands. Uh, but, you know, but, it's uh, so cold there. It's hard for them to practice outside. Yeah, that that uh, the music was not great, and I think it was the same guy as the the same supervisor as the last one. Uh, oh yeah, same supervisor. The is it Chris Bacon is the composer. Chris Bacon. I thought that was so funny because it was like, did they hire this guy because his name is Beethoven related? <laughs> Chris, Bacon. which like it, it appears that he's been the composer for several television shows. Did uh, all twenty six episodes of Smash? Some of a series of unfortunate vets for Netflix, <laughs> nice. uh, Bates Motel, The Tick, and then was the main composer for Men in Black International. Whoa. Uh, That's filling crazy. in the Danny Elfman shoes. So, Oof. yeah, there, there's multiple montages in this one, and uh, it's always playing some rock and roll Christmas, I think, is yeah. one of them. George Thorogood. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's actually, a, you know, yeah, major artist there. Allie and AJ oh. and George Thorogood are the two biggest ones on here. Oh, my God. Chris Bacon. Early in his career, when he was making movies such as Space Chimps, oh. <laughs> went by the moniker Chris P. P. Bacon. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad because if he didn't, that's a huge missed opportunity. <laughs> Chris P. Bacon. <laughs> that is great. Yep. Yeah. Um. Let's see. He dropped that right before he did the score for Nomeo and Juliet. Oh. <laughs> I, wasn't that all Elton John music? And Probably then also the in the same year, at the same year as this movie, he did the score for Source Code, the Duncan Jones movie. Oh wow! Well, I don't know. Okay, I gotta get um, those paychecks. It gets to the point where the bad guys <laughs> kidnap Henry the Elf, and their plan is to human traffic and enslave him permanently, <laughs> uh, so that they no longer need the Santa bag. Um. Wow. Yeah, well, okay. well, because the Santa bag <laughs> does run out apparently eventually. Yeah, right? I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to step on your your talk about the Santa bag. But when Justin <laughs> said paycheck after I said it's source code, I wanted to make the joke. I was like, no, he did not score the movie paycheck. But <laughs> that would be just for you and me. And so I, I am. <laughs> I now feel bad for doubling back towards it. Let's talk about the magic of the Santa bag. And I guess they've just made all the toys and loaded it up. It just holds things magically. It does not create toys. I did like the, because it looks so dumb in the movie, but like he'll pull things out that are like miniaturized and then they'll grow bigger next to him, which the effect just, uh, you know, it didn't look so great. But I thought it was funny. <sighs> There was, uh, yeah. you know, I uh, I was really interested because um, I don't know. Had you guys heard of this in one of the scenes when you're you're in the toy shop? You can see all these toys, and they're real toys. But behind the head of the main guy is a to- is like a game called Mind Flex. Yeah, what is it? Have you have you heard of this? No. Did, had anyone heard of this? Okay, well, uh, I was like, what is this? Because it looks so crazy. Because it was like move things with your mind, and uh, and it was a toy. Uh, but here is uh, here I've got the uh, commercial from. Uh, the, oh my god! The the uh, the TVs. Okay. Introducing Mindflex Duel, the amazing game that lets you move a ball with the power of your mind. That's how I roll. Battle head to head, overpower your opponent. No! Woo! 
a wireless headset transmits your level of brain activity to the console. The more you concentrate, the further the ball travels. Or play as a team to conquer a series of obstacles. Make over a hundred different combinations. Or test your skills in solo play. Can you conquer Mindflex Duel? I want to get this. Mindflex Duel game from Radica. Batteries not included. I want to get this. There, I, I am not even joking with you. There is a Star Wars branded version of this toy. <laughs> yes. That you use your force powers to levitate a ball. Uh, How does it work for real? Okay, look, it says... I don't know. It says... <laughs> okay, that one was Mindflex Duel, okay? So that was the only one I could find the ad for. But that one is basically like there's a ball on a straight line and you're pushing it like towards your opponent or they're pushing it towards you and it's like whoever gets to the other side wins. But this one was apparently, uh, it says it was released in fall 2009, and it says uh, it apparently uses brainwaves to steer a ball through an obstacle course. Um, it says the brainwaves are captured with the enclosed EEG headset, which allows the user to control an airstream with their concentration, thus lifting and lowering the delicate foam ball. It's, and it says... Okay, but what is it really? Well, I don't know. It just says scientists have questioned whether the toy actually <laughs> measures brainwaves or just, or just randomly moves the ball, exploiting the well-known illusion of control. Uh, it says... Wow. I mean, it says, however, despite the Spiegel and Haynes experiments, supporters of the game believe the headset does read EEGs. Oh, my God. And this is for kids. Oh. I this like how the Wikipedia. commercial told you to uh, improve your skills with solo play. That, <laughs> yeah. As one does. I just like this. Like, I, I take that one to heart. The announcer um, guy's like, it measures your brain waves to let you move the ball. <laughs> Sounds so crazy. You know what? I am not going to disparage the VFX of this movie because after looking through the IMDb, there are four people that did all of the visual effects for this movie. And my God, they did a fine job to, for, for clarification. There are one, two, three, four, five, uh, including Lance, the snake Cartwright. There are 25 stunt performers in this movie <laughs> and there are four visual effects people in a talking dog movie. Look, uh, you know, I can I can uh, disparage the VFX people because uh, after we had this movie where the dog is talking and everything and it, it, it all builds up to this moment at the end where it's like, okay, the dogs ate the magic berries. I want to see the dogs fly and uh, it obscures that from our view and we never get to see. <laughs> I wanted to see a goofy-ass Beethoven floating in the sky and it didn't happen. You saw, in the credits it happens. Uh, yeah, but it's like in the it's profile. Animation. Yeah, it's a silhouette. It's like a silhouette in the moon, which is a, a hilarious image and I might have to make it my phone background. Um, but uh, I did take a photo of it. I do have the photo of it if you want. Because he's like, whoa, Beethoven. <laughs> You know, didn't I make a joke about Beethoven flying the sleigh? Yeah, yes. we said he probably was. <laughs> and know? he does. Yeah. Oh, man. But I was he really hoping. the berries. I was really hoping to see him take off. And it's like the sleigh covers him the entire time until it's like, yeah, in the silhouette. <sighs> Should we talk about most wanted toys and the henchmen for our big bad wearing an elf costume the entire time. I mean, and like mm. the attempt the, the the thing that's notable about this is that they circle back. It's like a plane trying to land at a busy airport for the joke of him wearing this outfit. And they circle back to it 
maybe five times throughout the movie about him wearing this outfit. Well, and I don't think that this plane, this joke plane ever lands. I mean, I think it's telling that, uh, you know, the, 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 the main villains that are supposed to be the villains in the movie, like have been so uninteresting and non-threatening that we've been talking about how like messed up the mom, was the mom is her time. Like <laughs> she was more of an antagonist than these two bumbling idiot guys. Yep. Uh, that we were just literally like, stole Santa's bag. Yeah, it's like eh, it's barely even worth mentioning them. Honestly, they're just that, go like, Ooh. and that was uh, that was that was Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, right? Yes, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. Curtis Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, and the Doctor from uh, Voyager. Yeah. Do you think that they would have thought twice if they realized that Santa was Kurt Russell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh shit he's gonna come fuck us up because like, yeah, you gotta that, go that santa is crazy and he's not gonna let you get away that shit um well uh i don't know brian do you do you feel like uh you're regretting that we made you watch this movie <laughs> you know what N- no because honestly it was it was so bad that it was entertaining <laughs> hey yeah. that's that's helpful good you know it, yeah. it had some it's had some holiday cheer for the for the holidays here but uh you know i don't know yeah yeah no no i mean we had we had fun with it i mean and for us it's probably because we just a little dog but it was uh you know, like it was it wasn't a waste of time it was it was it was fun <laughs> yeah. i had fun i I mean, if we had to tell me to rate it, like I'd still give it like a one, but I still had fun with it. <laughs> oh, well, it turns out that you do. So uh, is okay. it already that time? I don't know. I think it's. Well, I wanted to ask Brian, too. You you said you have kids, right? Did they watch it with you? They're older, though. They're. Oh, OK. Uh, one of them did. Yeah. OK. She's 18. So. So yeah, she's no, like, yeah, no, like they should. No, I they should have no, been no just selling ones, pictures no of Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, I had, I have nothing else to add. Well, I don't know if we want to. The only other thing I was going to ask was I was I have ho- one I, more thing. Oh yeah, go yeah. for it. And you guys might get to, but the thing that confused me is at the end of the movie when the credits started rolling, why they go back to that kid with like the. Skateboard. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna ask. I was like, "What the hell did that have to do?" <laughs> I was like, "Elis, tell me what you, you have a child star check in to let us know whose kid that is from uncredited, set. uncredited." Oh, that it was so weird. I think that they just liked his performance from earlier, and they were just <laughs> but like, I was like, "Oh, like let's just let this kid yell." I was like, "Is this a reference to something?" <laughs> there was he... only one credited kid, other than the two leads, as little kid, which I don't think that's this. Um, I think it, that's a different part of the movie, and so I don't know. Skateboard kid or skateboard teen is what I would have looked for, but he's not credited in the cast, so I could not look him up. He was just doing like an yeah. oh, the human be like a director's kind of kid or something, right? Yeah, that's Maybe. what I that's what I figured. Like, why would they get? Yeah, him it could be this little kid who is credited as Salty McPherson. Yeah, but he wasn't really little. No, Salty so, McPherson. Is that a real? I don't name? know. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that was very strange. Uh, I was excited that there was a post-credit sequence, and then I was like, "Huh." <laughs> We're gonna, the post-credit confused. The post-credit sequence also, is a child getting mugged was, in the dark. <laughs> it was like a snow skateboard, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even know what those were. Is that a thing, Justin? I don't think oh, so. I don't know. It looked cool though, like a sled skateboard. Yeah, I don't know. It makes sense. 
Seems like it would be real dangerous, though. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> for for a kid, sure. If you're like messing around okay. with those little, little hills. Fair enough. I don't know. I didn't have anything like that. I don't remember anything like that, but I could imagine I mean, it okay. I feel like that it's rating system time, and yes. I feel like that the rating system can only be magical candy canes. <laughs> okay. Fair. So indeed, how many magical... Boy, I was going to expunge on that, but it's not going to matter. How many candy magical candy canes would you give Beethoven the Christmas one? Yeah. Uh, so, Brian, you'll probably be horrified by this because you haven't uh, seen the things we've seen in the yeah. past few weeks. But I'm actually going to give Beethoven's Christmas adventure five magical candy canes because oh, Whoa. it is... Wow. I still think it's way better than even the last one, which I think we I gave a four to. So uh, it just um, is higher quality, better acted. But I hate, obviously, I hate that he talked. Um, so it's kind of like a you win some, you lose some situation. Like, I hate that he talked, but the human characters at least, like, made sense as human people uh, somewhat. And so... <laughs> And I don't know. I just so you're rather... saying that maybe the Christmas float burned down, but you could just put a bunch of puppies on it anyway. It'll be fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say I was going to say just give it a four like the same as last time, but just for different reasons. But I do think that this is just the higher quality, um, you know, is Canadians... that five, out of five. No, out of, out of ten, out of ten, out of ten. Okay. Okay, because I yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, did I did I it's did I make a mistake? Movie. Should it be should it be Christmas balls? <laughs> Large Christmas balls. Large Christmas balls. Okay, five of those. Either yeah. way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. It is. We're gonna make it large Christmas balls. I'm gonna go yes. four large Christmas balls. I found this movie difficult, and <laughs> um, and you still gave it a four. That's only one lower than Ela's loved the movie. I didn't love the movie. <laughs> Did not love Eliz's the movie. favorite movie. <laughs> love the movie. Yeah, it's Beethoven's Christmas Adventure, Moulin Rouge. No, just kidding. No, yeah, no. It's better. It's better than the last movie, just because I guess Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> Christmas makes I, no, everything better. No, I like better. the kid. I like the kid. I like that there was the the B plot of him like not liking dogs and then adopting another dog, even though when the dog spoke, it sounded fucking irritating and i wish it never opened its mouth i wish it was uh, just benji and it was a benji beethoven crossover <laughs> me too that's that's where beethoven's ninth um <laughs> yeah it's not because i like the movie it's not because i think it's better but i feel like i've boxed myself in over the previous seven <laughs> fucking movies <laughs> oh god well uh you know i think that the movie is enjoyable although i think that uh kyle massey is pretty much like the only good part in my opinion. And mm. for me, uh, I think, uh, you know, CG mouth talking dogs is like the eighth deadly sin. So I'm going to give it, uh, <laughs> only three because it's not so bad. that <laughs> It's not so bad that I'm like, you know, Oh God, this movie's garbage. Don't watch it. it. It's fine. Uh, I think like kids would probably like it and they, you know, honestly, they'd probably laugh at the fart jokes, but, um, I feel like, uh, you know, it's got a good, fun energy to it. Uh, Kyle Massey's fun to watch. Uh, and, yeah, I guess there, there are certainly probably way worse, you know, Christmas movies out there you could watch. But it is definitely not essential. <laughs> and, Brian, you gave it a one, huh? The harshest critic. 
Well, I thought that was out of five. Okay. So, oh. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, the movie itself is, yeah, it's 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 a one. However, I am like a child. I love fart jokes. I love <laughs> yes. candy canes that make dogs talk. I'm like, I'm, I'm a 46-year-old kid. So I had fun laughing at it. And uh, so I'll probably give it a five, too. Wow. All right. That's a great revision. I love it. I love it. And it was the first movie I watched with my dogs. So there you go. Aww. There you go. That's the perfect movie to watch. We apologize. <laughs> I'll never want to watch a movie ever again. <laughs> no, I saw one of those once. Wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, I mean, Brian, thank you so much for being here with us and for, uh, you know, bringing uh, your experience with St. Bernard. It's uh I can't believe I'm so excited that you were able to be on here because it was just like such a crazy coincidence. And, uh, you know, I never thought in the, you know, I never imagined that I would know anyone who actually had a St. Bernard. So <laughs> that's that, what everybody says. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Is, that is so yeah. cool. I love it. Uh, I, I, uh, she was horrible. really cute. <laughs> well, I, She's uh, like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Appreciate you guys having me on. I had a, had a good time and, um, you know, hopefully I can get you, uh, you know, one or two more people to uh, to check out your podcast, you know? Yeah, I mean, we would love that. <laughs> that would be so great. And and for that, I give you five, right? Five over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five that, stars. Okay. <laughs> and then we and then we send you kibble. That's the exchange. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Email us afterwards. Uh, the, the yeah, yeah. T- We're the, brand we have of the full kibble bribe program. <laughs> Don't you worry. Yes, and. Uh, Speaking of email, you can send us an email, sequelrights at gmail.com with your thoughts and questions and suggestions for next year's franchises. And you can also find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, seems like a small thing, but it actually is the best way for you to support us. We don't have ads. We don't have anything else on our podcast. Uh, but that is the best way for other people to find us if you just give us five stars in the apple podcasts app or store uh we'd really appreciate it that's right we hope you've been enjoying this uh, festive holiday episode but you know what there's still one more beethoven movie believe it or not and one Jesus more episode before we, <laughs> one more episode before we go dark uh for the holidays here and uh, so up next, we have Beethoven's Treasure Tale, a movie so good, it doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know what? There was one other thing I wanted to joke about. Real quick, real quick. The Common Sense Media was back for this one. Oh, oh yes. And, and, you know, we always like to look into what uh, they suggest you should talk to your kids about. <laughs> and uh, my favorite one <laughs> this time for the Christmas adventure is uh, it says... There's a lot of make-believe or cartoon mischief and destruction in this movie. What are some of the ways you can tell that it's make-believe and not real? What might really happen if someone fell out of a tree? And that's just the end of it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Talk well, you to your tell kids it's about make-believe dead. Because moms would usually care more about their son being alone on Christmas. Hey there, Susie. What do you think would happen if someone fell out of a tree? It looked yeah, like a pretty high injury. one. Looked like a pretty high one. I like I like how it's the tree and not the magical candy cane, but whatever. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's it. Uh yeah. No single woman can design a parade float and build it. <laughs> <laughs> it's make believe.
Uh, Write this press release and build me a diorama. We don't, we, we don't need to. We don't need to guess what's going to happen in Treasure Tale. Like, come on, he's going to find a no, treasure. Do you know? Do you know why we don't need to guess? Because I watched the first twenty minutes because I, I thought that that was the movie we were watching. Well, don't week. spoil it for us, okay? Some yeah. of us haven't got to see this masterpiece yet. The final. Uh, the eighth symphony of Beethoven. The, there's a fucking ninth coming. You know it. There's got to be. I mean, someone's working on it. They, they, it's, yeah. ju- it's just money on the ground at this point. Universal fourteen forty for it's life. Just money on the ground. That's that's <laughs> the saying, right? Money on the ground. Yeah, money on the ground. <laughs> throw it under the bridge. They're leaving money on the ceiling for this one, you guys. Um. Well, you know what. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now that we've gone completely off the rails, I think we should wrap up the episode. Yeah, you know what? In, you know, until next week. Oh, Merry Christmas! Jingle, jingle, and ho to the ho ho ho! <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for Beethoven's Treasure Tale. Take the halls with bells of holly, fa la 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 la.